currently Buffalo scores with 13 seconds left. I mean, you, technically you still have time to get the field goal, but it looks pretty grim there. What, you have any special advice to Pat right there? Do you have any words for him at that point when Buffalo took the lead for the last time? Yeah, when it's grim, be the grim reaper and go get it. So he uh, he did that. He went, he, he uh, made everybody around him better, which he, which he uh, is great at. And, um, um, and you know he just does it effortlessly. Um, uh, when it, when it gets tough, you know he's going to be there battling, and players appreciate that. My goodness, go be the Grim Reaper. This is Herbie Tiope with the Kansas City Star. Welcome to Sports Beat Live Post Game Edition, brought to you by the University of Kansas Healthcare System. I am joined by my colleagues. Columnist, Vahe Gregorian. How you doing, Vahe? Uh, I'm processing, Herbie. <laughs> I think we're all processing. Sam McDowell, my beat partner, joins us. What's going on, Sam, my man? A lot. A lot is going on. <laughs> a lot is going on, and I'm sure Lila Bromberg will also say the same thing. Welcome to the show, Lila. What's going on? Yeah, thanks for having me. Been a wild night. Wild, epic, you know, whatever adjective you can think of, we can call this the 13-second game. We can call this the Grim Reaper game. However you slice and dice it, it was a wild Chiefs. 42-36 to win in overtime over the Buffalo Bills, and we will break this down for you. Look, 25 points in the last quarter alone, and this game goes into overtime. So much happening, so much going on in our minds Vahe, why don't you kick it off? Because we need to have the columnist point of view. What's going through your head in this game? Well, as as we were joking in the press box, it was it was one of those nights to uh, trot out the old time honored, or so it seemed, as your transitions in uh, the early copy of your game story, Herbie. There were a lot of twists and turns. Um, I do think this. I think even though all of us were still kind of stunned at how this actually played out. I also don't think any of us ever really quite thought, well, it's absolutely over. I think Sam McDowell, um, we were kind of joking, like they left too much time with 13 seconds for Mahomes. And one pass later, that play, that 19-yarder, I think, to Tyree Kill, you realized all he needs another decent game. And they, they and they had all their timeouts left. So it it's funny, but to flip it even another dimension. I think there are people that thought the Chiefs had it won when they when they went ahead, whatever that was, 154 left. I mean, it was 25 points in the last 154, I think. So I, I know it's it's hard to deal with recency bias when you're still in the moment. I know we're all wondering, like, do we think we just saw the greatest playoff game ever? I think there's a case for it, but I think you'd have to really study it if you want to make an honest comparison with things over the years. But I don't. I know we can say this. Nobody that was here will ever forget this game. Sam, take it away there. You know, you, you did make that comment in there. I know. I remember. It's thirteen seconds too much time. Is that is that enough time for Patrick Mahomes? And clearly it was. But you know what was going through your head as you're watching them getting field goal range, forty four yards and actually ten seconds because it was three seconds left to kick the field goal, Harrison Bucker. But what's going through your head as you're watching this as it plays out? Well, I think Vahe summarized it well, but, you know, to, to speak to just how incredible this game was, you could take away maybe three or four of the best layers of this game and we'd still have a really good football game. 
Um, but what stands out the most for sure is is Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds left on the clock. You know, he's got to drive. I, I think we estimated at least 35 yards um, to get in, in reasonable field goal range to where you're going to trot out the kicker and not throw a Hail Mary. And it really genuinely seems like on that sideline, it was no big deal. Like they they actually thought that was more of a possibility um, to where all of us, you know, we're, we're riding as if Buffalo has won this game with 13 seconds. The Buffalo sideline was absolutely celebrating like they had won this game. Um, and obviously you're going to be excited about a touchdown to go ahead. I'm not saying that they thought it was over, but it sure seemed like they thought they were going to the AFC championship. And so it's just one latest reminder that this team has Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the league does not. Um, and I guess what, what really speaks to the incredibleness of it is that with 13 seconds left and Patrick Mahomes has to get his team in field goal range, the game was not over. But yet when he gets the ball and has to score a touchdown in overtime, you knew it was over. Um, so I just, I, I just think that, like I said, it, it's one more example of how incredible this quarterback is. Larry, your quick thoughts here as well, because, you know, you had an opportunity to really absorb that last four or five minutes of regulation and more, most of overtime while Sam and I were scrambling in the background, rewriting and writing and rewriting. What, what was your take on what you just witnessed? Because sports, obviously, this was an epic game. But from your point of view as a sports writer, what, what was your take? Yeah, I think very similar to what Sam said. The, I think it just speaks volumes that you've one sideline celebrating with 13 seconds left. Whereas, you know, the chiefs, Andy Reid said after the game, you know, one thing he loves about this team is that, you know, they don't flinch and, you know, how everyone was confident. I think that just kind of speaks to where, you know, the chiefs are as, as a team, as to, like Sam said, as to having a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And I think that was a huge takeaway from this game is just how many um, special moments that this team can produce, how many incredible plays and, um, you know, just make it look so easy. Um, you know, we saw throughout the night, and then obviously at the time that it mattered most in the game, they really needed to um, put up some points. And, you know, when you talk about mattering the most, Tyreek Hill, obviously with a monster game, that 64-yard touchdown that, you know, we thought the Chiefs were going to win it, and obviously all the roller coaster stuff started happening. But the guy finished with 11 catches, 150-plus yards, and that touchdown, you know, the Bills, for the most part, I think we're, we're, we're still going back to playing two safeties back, and then all of a sudden it came back to bite them because they started hitting Tyreek Hill underneath. That that 60-plus yard touchdown was a short pass, and then he had the speed to outrun the Bills. Sam, you've written extensively a lot about why teams were playing back. This came back to haunt the Bills tonight, didn't it? Well, so – the Bills actually cycled through some different things tonight. Um, you know, they started with the, the two high looks, but um, we're running a lot of the, the what I call in, in today's paper the robber or thief defense where one of the safeties comes and cuts off a route. But when you bring a safety to cut off a route, he tends to play man-to-man on a double team, and they were doing that with Travis Kelsey and or Tyree Kill a lot. So Patrick Mahomes recognized that. I think that's the defense he was expecting going into the game, and that's why you saw so many scrambles. Because when, when you play that that zone coverage, except for you have the robber defense, it leaves open running lanes. Once the Chiefs proved they could do that, and they were running the ball very effectively with Edwards Hilaire and McKinnon, but mostly Edwards Hilaire, they switched to a lot of man-to-man late. And you don't want to play man-to-man against Tyree Kill, especially in the open field. And that, that's why you saw that touchdown late in the game. Vahe, we, we've seen the – go ahead. You're getting ready to say something. Go ahead. 
Oh, I just uh, Sam made me think of something. I, I had kind of joked the other day that um, the, the, the difference in this game would be uh, who rushed for more yardage, Mahomes or Josh Allen. It was 69-68, um, and that's not really the case, although there were ways that, that those wrinkles were, were, were part of how we got to where, where it all ended up. Um, so not, no, nothing, Herbie, you can, you can steer me where you want me. I, uh, I, I need to be led on a, on a line of questioning. Well, but, but you're right, Vahe, about the, you know, that was a really key play, uh, aspect of this game for four quarters. Um, at least until that final 13 seconds, you know, the chiefs had two opportunities to put that their defense was twice on the field with the chance to win the game on um, two drives where if they get a stop, they win the game. And on the first opportunity, they had the Bills with four down. And Melvin Ingram absolutely had Josh Allen within his grasp. It's where I thought that could be a play that Melvin Ingram is thinking about for the rest of his career, that he could not bring out, bring down Josh Allen there. And then Turk Wharton leaps in after him, and then Frank Clark is chasing him down, and none of them get to Josh Allen because of his mobility. Josh Allen's mobility was absolutely a factor in this game. We saw it twice on fourth down. Uh, we saw, I think, three conversions on third down. So, um, and obviously, the whole first drive for the Chiefs was Patrick Mahomes and his scrambling abilities. So, um, ma- major component of this game. It's just, it's one of those layers I'm talking about that's get completely lost because of just the last, the frantic two minutes in overtime. Yeah, yeah. In the, fr- in the frantic two minutes in overtime. Go ahead, Navaje. Sorry, I would cut you off again. No, I was just mostly speaking to make sure that whoever's coming in the room knew there was somebody in here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we saw someone. I heard someone open up Sam's door, and Sam shot him the ushka ushka look. So he mm-hmm. quietly closed the door behind him. <laughs> but you know, you, you mentioned you mentioned Mahomes. Okay, the Grim Reaper. That, that's you know, to me, that's probably like the, the greatest quote that we've heard from Andy Reid, maybe over the last year, two years. Why is Patrick Mahomes a Grim Reaper? By he's he's cold. I mean, he is uh, cold-blooded. Um, you know, it's really true, the stuff people say. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out, right? But the reason you can do those things that he did in the last 13 seconds is because he really didn't panic. I mean, people say that all the time, but we have seen this in innumerable ways, right? There are, there are, are 1,643 different ways you can describe what makes him special and whether it's the resilience, the imagination, um, you know, I saw our friend Dan Wetzel at Yahoo made a point today on, on Twitter about that he's playing basketball and football on every play and baseball's probably his best sport. There's so much going on with Patrick. It's really interesting. But in the end, Patrick is um, just indomitable, indomitable will. And I, I, I think it would be really easy to just assume that uh, – um, well, 13 seconds left. You're just kind of – got to do a couple of Hail Marys. I was looking for that Tyreek Hail Mary thing they did at Dallas a few years ago, but that would have botched it. I mean, they, they, they would have been tackled and wouldn't have gotten what they wanted. Um, so, I don't know. Those two, those two plays, that pass to Kelsey to set up the field goal, I mean, it, 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 it's a guy like no other. I, I think, you know, well, first of all, somebody is, is pointing out that Herbie and I picked the Bills. My first comment was that this was my first comment, and I Bahe's already heard this once, but I'm gonna say it again. My first comment was that this was a coin flip game, and I was at least correct about that. A coin flip decided this game. Um, but to the to the Patrick Mahomes question, 
he's got a mentality that certain things bring out the best in him. And these types of situations are one of them. When his back against the wall, you see nobody better in this sport. But another thing is when a team beats him, you see his very best against him the next time. And the other interesting dynamic of this game in particular is this Bills team has been beat, has been built to beat the Chiefs and specifically to beat Patrick Mahomes. Their secondary, they added a bunch of speed. They, they prioritized the cornerbacks and the safeties. And it's all to, to, to counter what the Chiefs did. You know, we as much as the Chiefs last year said, hey, the offensive line cost us the Super Bowl. Let's go out and fix our offensive line. The Bills said the Chiefs are the team that's beating us. They're the Chiefs that are standing. That's the team standing in our way. What can we do to counter that? They did it all in the offseason. You know, they had the best sort of makeup of this blueprint to beat this team. And they did it to Mahomes in week five, and he just absolutely shredded him today. And there's, we all know this this guy well enough to know. I think there's nothing that gives him greater joy than, than hearing that something has um, shut him down in some way. And he, and he finds a way to have a game like he had tonight. And to add one point on Mahomes, um, you know, we mentioned that first drive of, of the game and his rushing on that. That, you know, stood out. You know, he had so many incredible plays in this game. But that play for, you know, the touchdown there where he, you know, steps back on third and five, you know, doesn't see anything he likes, hesitates and just, you know, easily finds that hole and dives in to get the touchdown. Um, you know, that was another play that just stood out to me where he was just getting it done any way he wanted to tonight. I, just another, yeah, cool. one, one other last quick thing. I don't know why I feel I need to mention this, but but it really stood out on that drive too. that third and six play early, you know, Buffalo just stormed down the field. It's 7 nothing, And, Patrick, it, it's another one of those plays, to Sam's point, that we're, we're not even going to be thinking about this play because there were 75 other plays that, that probably will stay with us more. But I don't know how he got out of getting hit. He got outside. He, he flipped the ball to McKinnon first down. If they punt there, I'm, I'm not sure how, how that first half plays out. But, I, but I, I, I think the way Buffalo was playing and it just psychologically – uh, instead, it's seven seven and sort of resets. Yeah, and you're right. And and you know, the, I think when you look at this game, the, the Chiefs did not repeat a lot of the same mistakes or some of the mistakes that beat them back in Week Five. Patrick Mahomes that game had three turnovers. You know, uh, two interceptions, a, a lost fumble, zero turnovers today. Byron Pringle lost a fumble. Well, Pringle scored a touchdown, and he went. Where did he go to school, Avahe? Just just wondering if you knew this. I can't remember. <laughs> K-State, baby, went to K-State. Byron Pringle went to K-State. Look, the Chiefs recorded no sacks in that first game. They only had a one quarterback hit recorded by Mike Dana. They had two sacks today on Josh Allen. So a lot of the mistakes that they committed back in week five, and just like uh, Sam was saying earlier, you know, they learn from them, and you don't see a repeat of it. But to, to me, there are so many other different things going on in this game as well. You know, you, we mentioned the Grim Reaper aspect. We mentioned uh, – Mahomes' ability to run, but what about that defense? Okay, yes, the score was a little ridiculous, but what about this defense stood out to you? And I'm going to kick this to you, Lila, because you're wrote, wrote, writing a story about this guy. Yeah, I, I wrote about Nick Bolton, who I think has, you know, stood out just throughout, you know, the season as a rookie, led the team, uh, you know, with 112 combined tackles. Nova player had more than 80 on the season. And then tonight uh, in the second quarter and the third quarter, he had two huge, uh, you know, plays on third down to then force punts. After each of those plays, the Chiefs then went on a drive to score touchdowns, which, you know, was huge. 
Um, another, you know, play that really stood out to me. Um, in I, I don't remember, you know, what what quarter it was in the game, but you had that uh, big play from Mel Melvin Ingram where, you know, he gets a sack. Uh, it's a near fumble, kind of bounces off of a couple defenders' bodies uh, and then ends in another punt. Um, there are a bunch of plays, you know, I think both those were in the first half of just plays in, in that first half where um, the Chiefs really did force key third down stops. You know, uh, Herbie, what you mentioned, the pass rush, I mean, both of those sacks came on third downs. They both ended drives. Both of the plays that, that Lila's referencing ended drives. They forced punts. Um, but it's really hard not to consider what happened in the last five minutes defensively and what the, the Chiefs are going to be facing. What, what's so crazy about this game is we haven't even said that they're, they're, they're facing the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. This feels like a game that should have gotten to the Super Bowl. And I thought going into the game, I mean, I, we've said this on this week's show, that these were the best two teams in the NFL. And you sort of get caught up in – I always come back to this reference of that the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team when they beat Russia – Oh, by the way, you still got another game to, to win to win the gold medal. That's what this game feels like to me is that it's just this instant classic of a game. I think they they have faced the toughest competition they're going to face in these playoffs, but you still have to beat beat what's ahead of you. And the defense that, that showed up for the last five minutes, it is a little worrisome because they were given the opportunity to win the football game. And they instead said, you know, we're going to ask you to do even more, 15. I mean, as much, you know, he had a, he had a go-ahead drive game tying drive and then a game winning drive and the defense could have stopped those you know those things from happening um so i do think as well as i, I you know they played pretty well for three quarters um but backs against the wall giving up those points you know they're going to face a lot of those situations next week against cincinnati hey sam by the way it's just really funny that you mentioned that uh the 1980 hockey game i because i was thinking a little bit about um some elements of this game conjuring that do you believe in miracles uh, call as well as the uh, Kirk Gibson. I, I can't believe what I just saw. Call um, it, it that, that's what this game was. It was it was all that. But a great point to be re reminding us that needed to win another game. And in Chiefs' case, of course, you need to win two more. Vahe, what's more impressive that that Sam actually knew that 1980 reference, or he actually brought it up? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just I like to say great minds think alike and so do ours. So you know I actually referenced we're, we're that. We're men of a certain age, but we, we grew up with that. So I was actually when Sam brought that up, I was like, wow, okay, Sam, Sam, go on with your bad self. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break here. We're gonna we hear from our sponsors, the University of Kansas Health System. We'll continue after this break. March 4th, 2015, I got out of the shower and felt a lump in my left breast. We were able to quickly uncover that she had two subtypes of breast cancer, each of them requiring separate and unique treatment plans. This is why you come to the University of Kansas Cancer Center. It is critical to be treated by a team of experts in that specific cancer type. If you don't start with us, I think you'll have more questions than answers. Why would you go anywhere else? Welcome back to Sports Beat Live, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. I'm joined by Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Lala Bromberg as we continue the discussion on the epic Chiefs 42-36 win over the Buffalo Bills at Arrowhead Stadium. Shock and awe, obviously. I think we're still, you know, here we are almost an hour and a half after the game, an hour after the game, and we're still sort of 
absorbing everything that's going on here. I'm going to point out a couple of things here because, you know, the, the Chiefs do have to play another game, as Sam mentioned, and it is against the Cincinnati Bengals. Davis, uh, their wide receiver over there for Buffalo, had eight catches, 201 yards, four touchdowns on 10 targets. Sam, who does that – what does that stat line remind you of? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're facing, obviously, a better receiving trio than they faced this week. And, I, I, I mean, Buffalo's got a great receiving duo with 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 Diggs and, and Gabriel Davis. Um, but Jamar Chase, I think, is as good as anybody in the NFL, and the Chiefs saw that firsthand. What was alarming, though, is just how open Davis was on a lot of those touchdowns. You know, the, the, the first go-ahead score, he just absolutely juked the crap out of Mike Hughes. Um, but a couple of other plays, he's wide open over the middle. He toasted Juan Thornhill on a cover two. And Juan Thornhill is probably the fastest guy, and you know that the Chiefs have at safety. Um, but I, you know, I wondered how many of those were a result. Uh, and if, not to sound too coach, like you have to go back and watch the film. But I wonder if how much those are a result of missing Tyron Matthew for this game's entirety. And um, an interesting note to point out, Herbie, and I, I don't know if you caught it um, differently, but we usually get injury updates from Andy Reid after the game, and I don't recall hearing anything about Tyron Matthew other than what we got mid game, which is we know he went into the concussion protocol and he didn't return. Yeah. And that's going to be a situation to watch very closely as the chiefs return to practice this week, because he's going to have to receive medical clearance before he he's be able to, he's able to clear that concussion protocol and be available for next AFC championship game, which is going to be held at Arrowhead stadium against the Cincinnati Bengals. But Matthew, Matthew's situations is going to be critical because you're right. You know, without him back there, you just got Juan Thornhill and the Chiefs. We saw a lot of Armani Watts back there. We saw a lot of Daniel Sorensen back there. Mike Hughes looked kind of lost. You know, he fell down at least, what, twice on, on yeah. two touchdowns? Um, Vahe, when you look at this game, how is this? How, how soon does it take for a team to come off of a high like this and prepare for the Bengals? You know, because here's now the right to go to the Super Bowl. Well, I think I can't remember if you said this or, or, or Sam or Lila said this earlier, but, but one thing I think this is true. This game, the way it played out and 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 what we all sort of anticipated coming in that, you know, a, a little bit of the hype was that this is the real Super Bowl. I mean, I, that, you know, I don't quite buy that, but I mean, I, I get the point. Um, and I do think there is. Uh, I know they're all pros and they're, these guys are winners, but I do think there's a little uh, potential for some emotional letdown, a little bit of, you know, being drained. Um, but that's what the rest of the week is for to kind of get back to that state of mind. I, I, I But I do think that's that's the kind of thing that there could be a little anticlimactic uh, kind of hangover from this after after a game of this magnitude. And um, but I think more to the point will be whether things happen like Tyron Matthew is back and you know, a few things like that. That's, I, I would suspect that the chiefs will uh, work through whatever, you know, emotions they, they are still uh, clinging with after they can't sleep tonight. Here, here's the thing to think about. You remember back in week one, Tyron Matthew didn't play because he was on the COVID uh, protocol or excuse me, he did clear the COVID protocol, but they decided to keep him out because of conditioning. That secondary looked lost. Um, if he doesn't clear protocol for, the game against the Bengals, Sam, what, what are some of the options you think that they're going to stick with? You know, because they got to have somebody back there with, with Thorn Thornhill. Yeah, I mean, we saw, like you said, Armani Watts today. And we saw uh, in base packages, they just replaced him with Daniel Sorensen. 
And dime packages, they kept Daniel Sorensen close to the line of scrimmage and pushed Armani Watts to the safety role. But, you know, you're in a, a troublesome spot if Tyron Matthew can't go. And, of course, that still is an if. But like you said, he's got to clear that five-step process by the NFL, um, which you can do multiple steps in one day. Um, but they don't want to put Daniel Sorensen on the back end. And they did that against the Bengals last time. Jamar Chase burned him on a cover two when Daniel Sorensen was in the cover two. But if he's in your base defense, that's also going to mean if the other option is putting Armani Watts, who just has not had a lot of defensive snaps this year. He's a special teams ace. He's, you know, he's a four phase special teams guy, but he does not play in the secondary very often. So do you want to play the experienced guy who lacks speed against a team that has a ton of it? Or do you want to play an inexperienced guy that just hasn't been on the field all that often? Yeah, and the Chiefs were also – they played this game without cornerback Rashad Fenton, who uh, dealt with a back injury last week, so obviously they were a little thin. Mike Hughes, it looked like late in the game after uh, that, that time – the second time he fell down, Sam, I think you were the one who pointed it out in the press box. Was that the Andre Baker we saw out there and Fenton? Or excuse me, Hughes was, was on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, and we see those two guys rotating a little bit in the, the nickel packages when they move Snead inside and Ward stays outside. Um, we see, but we see more of Mike Hughes. And so it was telling that the drive in which the Bills had to score um, to prolong the game, they went with DeAndre Baker. And I don't think they were choosing Baker as much as they were choosing not to put Hughes back on the field after he'd gotten toasted by Gabriel Davis. Vahe, when, when you see um, this, this a, a game like this, okay, I, I want you to think about like this. Uh, you've seen a lot of sports in your life. I'm not saying you're old. <laughs> That's not what I mean. <laughs> Where do you put this game? How, how high up the list is one of the greatest NFL games you've ever seen? Well, you know, I, I think it, it's easy to feel engulfed in it right now. And like, Oh, this is, you know, the greatest. Right. But I, I think it would be a more honest answer to have a day or two to kind of step back. I mean, I was, Speaking of Sam McDowell, I mean, when I started thinking about, you know, great games, great NFL games I've been to, I mean, I think you would say that when the Rams won the Super Bowl against the Titans um, on a, a, a tackle that you couldn't tell if it was going to be made in the end zone or at the one, that was a pretty great game. And there was a lot of – and that's that's just sort of the one that comes to mind. Or even just think about this for a minute. Yeah, it was a runaway score by the end, but – the way the Chiefs came back to beat the 49ers, I mean, so I don't know. It, it, we have to come up with a grading system. I don't, I don't want to take the emotion out of this. Obviously, you want to just have a gut feeling about what was the greatest thing you ever saw. But I actually think there's different ways to quantify that. But I, I, I just think we'll still be – I can only think of a handful of events I've been to, whether – you know, I've been fortunate to go to a lot of Olympics and – you know, see a lot of stuff in the last 30 years and 35 years. And I can only think of a handful of events that I, I will have trouble sleeping tonight because I'll still be, you know, three hours from now, still be, you know, thinking about it because you just feel the buzz. Sam, same question to you. Where, where would you put this? Yeah, you know, um, I also remember to, I mean, I, I agree with Vahe's point. You know, the, the recency bias makes you, makes you say this was the best game you had seen. Um, I do think, you know, in five years, we still might say it's this one. Uh, the lead changes in the, in the last two minutes, and especially the 13 seconds, um, I think it's going to propel it. But, you know, 
I, I know Chiefs fans don't want to remember this one, but the 2018 AFC Championship game was incredible. The Chiefs scored 30 points in the second half of that game alone. And they also had a very similar drive, game time drive, to the one they had tonight. I think there were like 18 seconds left. And Spencer Ware had an incredible catch. They get downfield. And, you know, Blair says this all the time, that Harrison Bucker's game time field goal in that game would be known as one of the best field goals in Chiefs history at the time had they not lost the game in overtime. But the magnitude of that game also being Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots. And also, by the way, that game was going to the Super Bowl. Um, and this one is going to the AFC Championship. So there was a little bit more at stake in that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but that's that's what's been fun about this teams in this in this era is that, that they played a lot of these classic games. Vahe, please, go ahead. I just want to add this, and maybe everybody will disagree or maybe you won't, but a thing that actually made this game less exciting than it might have been is the overtime rule. I mean, if, if you have a, an equitable overtime rule, then Josh Allen gets back on the field, and, and you see what happens there. And, you know, this has been – something we've all been quite conscious of since it went the other way against the Chiefs uh, in that Patriots game. Um, you kind of knew Tom Brady was going to take them down and score. Well, wouldn't the more exciting thing be to see what the point-counterpoint opportunities are? So, in a way, I mean, it's thrilling to go to overtime and what it took to get to overtime, but the that was the emotional peak getting to overtime because, I, I mean, obviously for a Chiefs fan, it's different. They, they win, and that's that's the emotional peak. But I think you know what I'm saying. I I, I don't know why the NFL won't look at that rule a little more. Well, I, I wonder if the, uh, the – you know, last time this happened, the, the Chiefs asked the NFL to look at that rule. And I don't know that the Chiefs are going to be asking the NFL to uh, to look at that rule again this offseason. I mean, and Boy, you even I look at – I was just going to say, I mean, you just look at, you know, college football – at that level too. I mean, there's not really either both levels of football, there's, you know, so many flaws and how, uh, you know, overtime games, you know, work, it kind of makes you wonder if we're ever going to, you know, reach a point where there's an overtime that actually kind of makes sense. I was getting ready to wrap up here in a few minutes here. I'm going to pose this question to you. Okay. We've had the Minneapolis miracle as, as, as a playoff uh, nickname for, for a memorable game. What would you assign to this game? Vahe, I see you grinning. Well, let's go with you first. What would you assign to this? I got nothing really that works. I mean, Charm Chiefs, uh, I've been kind of using that a while. It doesn't really hold up. Um, this game deserves a nickname, though. We had a lot of nicknames for all the, the, the House of Horrors Chiefs losses here, right? Every one, every one of those games, virtually every one of those games had a, a little epitaph line. Um, so this game does deserve one. Maybe we need a, a KansasCityStar.com, KansasCity.com contest, uh, get some reader engagement on this. Yeah, look, look, our readers are chiming in. 13 seconds of glory. Well, what do you think about that one, Sam? Well, I think Vahe just had the best idea that's going to please our bosses with getting the reader <laughs> engagement involved here. <laughs> um, uh, let, let's just let's go with that. I did think at one point we might be calling this the Blake Bell option game, um, but – you know, a lot happened after that play. <laughs> Lalo, you want to take a shot? Look, you're younger than us. Yeah, I know you've got that creative mind going. What, what, what nickname would you assign to this? You know, I really love what Andy Reid said about the Grim Reaper. I feel like maybe you can work that in somewhere. Look, I see someone ch chiming in there right now. Tyler Hoffman says, the Reaper game. Steven, Steven Logan says, Michael Myers, because we just wouldn't die. <laughs> a nice Halloween reference there. 
hey, look, we know what's coming up next. Uh, The Chiefs get to host a record fourth straight AFC championship game. Look, nobody else in the NFL has done it. Uh, We're covering the team right now that has done that, and that's just an incredible feat. Uh, But, you know, the the path to get here obviously took an incredible win, 42-36 to over the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if they're going to, you know, the emotional high, as Vahe mentioned earlier, got to come down off of that really, really quick here because uh, the Bengals – they're, they look pretty darn good. You know, they, they went into Tennessee and, and beat a physical Titans team. And Vahe, before we close this out, how, how surprised – we'll go around the horn here. How surprised were you that the Bengals beat the Titans in their home stadium? Not entirely surprised, and I'm not even sure which the better scenario really was for the Chiefs. I mean, obviously you do want to play at home at Arrowhead if you, if you can, but – I, I think it's a little bit of a 50-50 toss-up on, on because, I mean, look, the Bengals um, much later in the season presented different sorts of problems for the Chiefs. The Chiefs, um, you know, we're, not, we're, we're, we're a much different team when they, played, when they played the Titans. The Chiefs were, you know, largely the team we see today when they played the Bengals and, and lost. Now, there were – 17 reasons they lost to the Bengals. A lot of them could have gone, gone the other way. And we can get into that more later this week, but I think that uh, it, it, that it's, it's a, it's a thorny challenge for the chiefs to be sure. Um, One thing we got talking about this, I think Sam McDowell, you can clarify this for me again. We were chatting about it. The only guy, only the Patriots have beaten Patrick Mahomes twice, period. Right. That's it. So, um, Joe Burrow would try be trying to be just the, the the second quarterback, second other team that beat Patrick Mahomes more than once. In, in the in the same season, you know the Titans have beaten him twice. That's right, in the same season. In the same My season, uh, yeah. Tom Brady and the Patriots got him both in, in eighteen, and it hasn't. You know, it, it could have happened twice in nineteen um, with the Texans and, and Titans. Then it obviously could have happened today, and then it could happen next week. But you know, to Herbie, your question, I mean. I've already said it. The Chiefs have played the toughest team they're going to see this postseason. The Bills are out. Um, the Bengals are, are a worse team for quite a few reasons. Their defense is considerably worse, even though it's getting better. Um, their secondary is worse, even though it's getting better. Their offensive line is worse, and it's not getting better. Um, so I, I, I don't see how the Chiefs can't get pressure on Joe Burrow. He got sacked nine times in that game. Um, and that is uh, one place where the Chiefs, we've talked about it all the last half of the season. It's the reason their defense got better is their pass rush got better. So they've got to dominate that game up front if they want to beat Cincinnati. Lala, you get the last shot there. You get the last thought here. Anything surprising from about you from the way the Bengals looked on, on Saturday? Honestly, I went, into, I went into that thinking that the Bengals are going to win. I mean, you look at Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, I mean, especially Burrow, is just, you know, playing fearless right now. Um, and, I, and I think it's really interesting and, and neat that we get to see. I mean, you know, it was mentioned by Patrick Mahomes today that, uh, you know, Chiefs-Bills is going to be, you know, two teams that are going to be playing uh, each other a lot in the future. And I think you can say the same, you know, for the Bengals if they're able to kind of, you know, fix the issues that we talked about and keep going in this trajectory um, and to really see in, you know, today's game and then moving forward kind of the future of quarterbacks in this league um, I think is really special. And, um, you know, Joe Burrow is playing, uh, you know, some great football, even with, you know, how he's, you know, been sacked is still able to, um, you know, come up with big plays with the explosiveness that they have. So it'll definitely be fun to see those two quarterbacks uh, going at it. 
Yeah, and I think the torch, as Lila mentioned, the torch has effectively been passed on to Patrick Mahomes, the likes of Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow now enters that conversation. But we're going to have more on that game later on in the week on the next edition of Sports Beat Live. Look, to all our listeners, watchers, or readers out there, you can read our stuff at KansasCity.com. Just take the night and, and just absorb this, this epic game that we just watched. I'm sure – we were going through emotions in the press box for the Chiefs fans. I know you all were going through all kinds of emotions. You, thankfully, hopefully you didn't break any TVs and throw anything at it. But, you know, the Chiefs came out with the win, and now they will host the Cincinnati Bengals next Sunday. You can find more of us on Sportsbeat Live on Thursday at 930. After that, you can join us again after the game next Sunday. Uh, but that'll do it for now. Um, Sportsbeat Live postgame edition brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. For Vahe, for Sam, for Lila, and for our producer Monty in the back, I'm Herbie, and y'all have a good night.